So uh, the next speaker is uh, Ustaz Fadil Suleiman. He's an electronics engineer who also received his master's degree in Sharia in 2008. Uh, he's an international speaker, orator and filmmaker, a game developer and presenter of Islam. He started the Bridges Foundation in 2005 with the aim of connecting people from different backgrounds, very importantly, especially bridging the gap between Muslims and non-Muslims after 9-11. In 2020, uh, Ustaz Fadil Suleiman published through the Bridges Foundation a new translation of the Quran titled Bridges Translation of the Ten Qira'a of the Noble Quran, which is considered the only translation of the 10 modes of recitation of the Quran to English language to date. He has explained the Quran in a series of over 1000 Arabic tafsir videos named uh, Hazrat Tajawul or the lockdown series since it started with the lockdown during the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, he has a daily uh, on his channel. He has a daily life uh, program. He's there on the Twitter also, mashallah. Uh, and I will not take much time. Faliyatafaddal, Ustaz Fadil. Jazakumullah khairan for the invite and Jazakumullah khairan for this uh, blessed event. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. All praises are due to Allah, the creator, the cherisher, and the sustainer of this universe. And may his peace and blessings be upon his noble prophet Muhammad and his descendants and his companions and his followers. When you talk about English literature, you must talk about Shakespeare. Because he is definitely the most prominent author. And what makes him important and famous is that his words are used by people as meaningful words of guidance. And sometimes people use them not knowing that they are his very words. Like, for example, breaking the ice or icebreaker, melted into thin air. What's done is done. To be or not to be. People enjoy using his words, but no one thinks that they are miraculous. Because at the end, he was speaking their language. And though he has always been the most eloquent English author to date, but still, someone may come in the future and be more eloquent. This is if we are talking about English literature. But if we speak about Arabic, then the most fabulous Arabic text is the Quran. All Arab-speaking people know that, Muslims and non-Muslim Arabs. They see it as peculiar. God Almighty challenged the masters of Arabic language, the non-Muslim poets and authors in Arabia, to come up with a text like it, like the Quran, but they couldn't. It doesn't shock me that they couldn't, but what shocks me is that they didn't even try to challenge it. None of them tried to challenge the Quran. So the challenge was eased and it became uh, to come up with 10 chapters only, like those uh, chapters of the Quran, the surahs of the Quran. And by the way, the early chapters of the Quran are the shortest, usually one or two paragraphs each. The shortest chapter of the Qur'an consists of only 10 words. Uh, 
namely Surat Al-Kawthar. But still, they could not. Or to be more precise, they still didn't even try to challenge it. So the challenge was eased further and God said, come up with one surah only. God said in the Quran, أَمْ يَقُولُونَ افْتَرَاهُ قُلْ فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِثْلِهِ وَادْعُوا مَنْ اسْتَطَعْتُمْ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Or do they say, he has fabricated it? Say, then produce a single surah like it and call upon whomever you can apart from Allah if you are truthful. On a side note, uh, because if you, uh, you go to our uh, translation, you will see that we, uh, this is Bridges' translation of the 10 Qira'at of the Quran, that we used superscripts. SG stands for singular. You will find it next to the imperative verbs and next to pronouns, uh, which means that God here, when he says say, and you find a small SG, it means that he is commanding one person. Prophet Muhammad, say, then produce a single surah like it and call upon whomever you can apart from Allah if you are truthful. The question is, why didn't the Arabs try to challenge the Quran? Simply because they felt that it was not their language. It sounds Arabic. It is beautiful, but it's a new style. It is neither poetry nor prose, which were the only two styles known for them until that day. God Almighty sent what is called mu'jizat with his prophets. And these were signs that proved that they are not imposters, that they are real messengers sent by God. So the signs that were sent, the mu'jizat, the signs that were sent with the prophets proved that they are true prophets. For example, the cane of Moses, peace be upon him, was a sign, a mu'jizah. It turned into a snake which devoured the ropes and the canes of the sorcerers of Pharaoh, of Pharaoh. And he threw it and it split the Red Sea. This cane was a proof of Moses genuineness. Among the signs of Jesus, son of Mary, peace be upon him, was to cure the sufferers of leprosy and blindness and to revive the dead. These are all mu'jizat, not just because they are, they were extraordinary events, but also because they happened in front of the opponents. The non-believers, the enemies of these prophets, who wanted to prove that those prophets are liars, could not challenge them. They found these signs uh, uh, unchallengeable. I say so because the word miracle in English language is not an accurate translation for the word mu'jizah in Arabic. A miracle in English is an outstanding event which cannot be explained by the laws of nature regardless of the audience. But in order for a miracle to be considered mu'jizah, it has to incapacitate the opponents. 
Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, had lots of extraordinary events, miracles, like pebbles were heard making tasbih and hymns in his hands, water gushing from between his fingers, increasing a very small amount of food and feeding with it lots of people, but we do not call them mu'jizat because they did not happen in the presence of the opponents to incapacitate them. The sign of genuineness of the last and final message of God has to be an eternal sign. It has to be a sign that works without the need of the prophet to work it out. The cane of Moses needs Moses, peace be upon him, and, 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 and that was at the time of Moses. But the cane of Moses is not going to be a mu'jiza today. The sign is the cane, and the message is the Torah. So the cane proves the genuineness of the Torah. But the sign of genuineness of the message of Muhammad, peace be upon him, which is the Quran, is the Quran itself. It is the message, and it is the sign of its genuineness at the same time. Back now to see why the Arab poets and authors never tried to challenge the Qur'an. It is because they immediately realized that it will incapacitate them because it is a completely new style of Arabic language, a style that they never encountered before. Before the Qur'an, there were only poetry and prose, but this new type of text is neither poetry nor prose, and that's why the unit of text of the Qur'an is called ayah, or sign. Using the word verse, in my opinion, is wrong. But the reason why Qur'an translators used it before is that they followed the footsteps of biblical translators. So they used the word verse. I wholeheartedly believe that the word verse is not a good translation for the word ayah, because verse is the unit of text in poetry. Like sentence is the unit of text in prose. And the Quran is neither poetry nor prose. So every unit of text in the Quran is an ayah, is a sign of God, a sign of the genuineness of that book. Many people think that um, uh, eloquence is what makes the Quran miraculous. Eloquence is not the reason why Arabs did not try to challenge the Qur'an, because among the Arabs there were the most eloquent and articulate poets. The words of Arabic language was like a dough in the hands of an Italian pizza chef with them. So they used to use it perfectly. But still, they did not dare to challenge the Qur'an. It's because they realized that it's a new type of text that they never came across before. The miraculous aspect of the Qur'an was the ongoing series of astonishing linguistic innovations with a variety of new features and forms, which is measurable. But eloquence itself is unmeasurable. The Arab poets and authors realized that any one of them who will try to imitate the Qur'an will embarrass himself 
as he will be trying to go through an impenetrable wall. I will give you an example of the astonishing linguistic innovations uh, which the Quran uh, introduced to the Arabic language. The very first sign of surah number 58, which is called the arguing woman, al-mujadila. The, the ayah says, قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوُرَكُمَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ In English, Allah has surely heard the statement of she who argues with you concerning her spouse and complains to Allah and Allah hears your conversation. Indeed, Allah is all hearing, all seeing. And though... Uh, this is not how we speak in Arabic. It is not just acceptable. It is very nice to hear. But only as a sign of the Quran, it is acceptable and nice to hear. If we read any Arabic text outside the Quran using the style of the Quran, we may not be able to accept it. The ears will even reject it. Because only in the Quran, this sounds nice. Let me say the same uh, ayah or the same sign, but outside the Quran by replacing the name of God, Allah, by a human name, like my name, Fadl, for example. And listen to it. قَدْ سَمِعَ فَاضِلْ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ فِي زَوْجِهَا وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى فَاضِلْ وَفَاضِلْ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوُرَكُمَا إِنَّ فَاضِلْ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ Fadl has surely heard the statement of she who argues with you concerning her spouse and complains to Fadl and Fadl hears your conversation. Indeed, Fadl is hearing and seeing. It's even hurtful. It hurts the ears. Only in the Quran, it sounds okay because of the linguistic innovative aspect which makes it unchallengeable, an unchallengeable miracle. Another linguistic innovation of the Quran is the Qiraat or the modes of recitation of the Quran. In many signs of the Quran, there are variations in the way the same ayah is read. And in many cases, these variations do give a different meaning, but none of these meanings contradict with another. And the whole final meaning of the sign is the sum of all the meanings of the various qiraat or the various recitations. This is mind-blowing and if I were to be a non-Muslim, then I studied everything I studied about Islam. This phenomenon of the qiraat would have definitely been the main attraction for me to embrace Islam. It is actually the answer to the question of why did God choose the Arabic language specifically for the Quran? Simply because no other language in the world could have embraced the Qiraat feature. The Qiraat is a fascinating phenomenon. The one who studies the Qiraat will see the Quran's words vivid and moving in three dimensions. Like the Quran signs will become in high definition mode. Just a very small variation in a mere diacritical mark, which is a mark used as a phonetic guide, drawn above or under a letter, gives a different meaning 
which enriches the whole meaning of the passage. The whole meaning of the passage is built through layers of qira'at. If a word ends with a dhamma or the sound u, then it is the subject of the sentence. But if it ends with a fatha or the sound a, then it becomes the object of the sentence. Let's see an example. The Quran says in Surah Ash-Shu'ara or the poets, وَإِنَّهُ لَتَنْزِيلُ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ نَزَلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ الْأَمِينَ عَلَىٰ قَلْبِكَ لِتَكُونَ مِنَ الْمُنْذِرِينَ It means, and most surely, it is a bestowal from on high from the Lord of all realms, the trustworthy spirit came down with it upon your heart that you may be of the four warners. نَزَلَ بِهِ الرُّوحُ there is another qira'ah, which is uh, the qira'ah of al-kisai wa hamza wa khalaf. Instead of nazala bihi ruhu it is nazala bihi ruha He bestowed the trustworthy spirit with it from on high. Let, I will tell you now the difference between them. But I'll tell you first how those two different meanings together combined will uh, negate an allegation against the Quran. This part of the surah deals with an allegation of the pagans that the Prophet, peace be upon him, used to receive the Quran from the devils, not from God. If you read sign number 210, it says, And in no way have the devils been descending with it. Therefore, that was an allegation against the Qur'an, a shubha, because it is definitely not written by a human being. And at the same time, the arrogance of the Arab poets and authors prevented them from accepting it. So they accused Prophet Muhammad of receiving the Qur'an from the demons. The qira'ah of Hafs and Nafi', of Hafs and of Warsh and Nafi' and Ibn Kathir and Abu Amr, uh, which we uh, 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 read, means the trustworthy spirit came down with it. So it is informing us of who carried the Quran to Prophet Muhammad, Archangel Gabriel. Therefore, the focus in this mode of recitation is on the carrier of the Quran, Jibril, the angel. But the rest of the reciters read it. So these very slight differences in the diacritical marks gave the sentence a different meaning, which does not contradict with the meaning of the first qira'ah. means he, Allah, God, he bestowed the trustworthy spirit Archangel Jibreel with it from on high. So in this sentence, Allah is the subject and Jibreel became the object. While in the other narration, Jibreel is the subject and the Quran is the object. By comparing them, we find that they are two different meanings. The first one is the trustworthy spirit came down with it. And the second qara is, he, God, bestowed the trustworthy spirit with it from on high. 
combining them together. In the latter narration, the focus is on the sender of the Quran, Allah. Therefore, the holistic meaning of this ayah is according to both modes combined. Allah is the one who sent the trustworthy spirit, Archangel Jibreel, with the Quran upon the heart of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. This is the meaning of both qiraat. So the narration of Hafs and Warsh gave us a layer of understanding that Jibreel carried it, not the devils. And the narration of Al-Kisai and Ya'qub and Hamza and Khalaf gave us the extra layer of understanding that it is sent from Allah himself, not the devil. So Allah sent the angel with the Quran upon the heart of the Prophet And there are many other examples like that that are mind-blowing. But for the sake of time, I recommend reading the summary of the book of Dr. Ahmad Bassam Sa'i, namely, the miraculous language of the Quran, evidence of divine origin, or you read the Arabic book itself. If you can read Arabic, it's called Al-Mu'jiza, and both of them are downloadable for, for free from Bridges' website, and the links are in the uh, description of the video. And for more information and more examples about the Qiraat, I suggest that you watch my interview with Imam uh, Yusuf Wahb, and the link is also left in the description box for a copy of Bridges' translation uh, of the 10 Qiraat of the Noble Quran. You can download the PDF from the link that we posted, or also you can download the free app if you search for uh, on the App Store and the Play Store uh, uh, by the words Bridges' translation of the Quran. You will get this free app. And Jazakumullah khairan. Thank you very much uh, for being amazing.